You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. So we are finishing our series on revolutionaries today. This is the culmination of that series. Um, Obviously, we're talking about the ultimate revolutionary, and that is Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, who came to earth, who was born of a virgin. That's Christmas for you. And then spent 33 years on planet earth, uh, led a sinless life, and died as our sacrifice, died in our place, uh, and then rose from the dead uh, three days later. It was actually three Jewish days later. That's why you go, hang on, it's Friday and Sunday. What's going on? It's because of how the Jewish day worked, right? I don't have time to talk about that just now. But, but right, so, and I, I think one of the greatest the greatest things that we get to participate in and walk in as believers of Jesus Christ is the power of God. So we are going to pray for full-blown miracles to happen today in this room, right? Now, I'm going I'm to preface this with a small disclaimer is that sometimes when you ask for a breakthrough, God gives you wisdom, right? Because sometimes you don't need Him to move. Sometimes you just need to enact something that you can do, right? But there's so many things that we just need God to move in. There's so many bodily, situational, relational things that we go, God, kind of need your help over here in a way that's going to bring complete miracle, complete breakthrough. All right? So, but don't be surprised. No, 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 I'm not going to say that. I'm not even going to, I'm just, we're just going to pray for miracles. We're going to pray for people's bodies to be healed on the spot. All right? All right? Good. Yeah, come on. Good. Right. All right. I had this great little uh, intro about something that's totally not relevant. All right. (laughs) Here we go. We're going to read Mark chapter 16, uh, verses 1 to 7. And I've uh, become super prepared that I changed the the, the version right at the last minute. So I'm just going to get up the version on my phone because no one is faster than me on a device. And... Here we go. We're going to change it to uh, the message translation because we've changed to the message. Here we go. Right, right. Mark chapter 16, verse 1 to 7 from the message. It says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so they could embalm him. That's Jesus who was dead in the tomb. Very early on Sunday morning as the sun rose, they went to the tomb. They worried out loud to each other. Well, who's going to roll back the stone from the tomb for us? Then they looked up and saw that it had been rolled back. It was a huge stone and walked right in. They saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed all in white. And they were completely taken aback, astonished. And he said, don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, the one they nailed on the cross. He's been raised up. He's here no longer. 
you can see for yourselves now that the place is empty. Now, on your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he's going on ahead of you to Galilee. You'll see him there exactly as he said. How good is that? Now, you've probably heard this a hundred times this weekend. You've seen it on your Instagram feed. You've read it on Facebook. It's been in your email inbox. Jesus is alive, right? That changes everything. The fact that Jesus is alive today, that He rose from the dead, means that we can have life like Him, right? It means that there are so many things that we can walk in that we can have access to. We are made new creations through Christ. We are are given a new identity as sons and daughters of Christ, right? Our sons and daughters of God, brothers and sisters with Christ, if you want to be completely theologically accurate, right? So Jesus is alive. Today is Resurrection Sunday. And we're going to talk about resurrection life and resurrection power. But just a, just a thing is that we don't just pray for miracles and healings on Resurrection Sunday. Because every day is Resurrection Sunday. Right? Every day. You've got access to the power of God every day. All right? Are we still learning how to walk in it? Yes, Absolutely. The Western church needs to be woken up to this reality that we have access to the power of God every single day, right? We need to be woken up. The, uh, I keep praying, God, restore the power to your church. Like, come on, where's all the healings? Where's all the miracles, right? But it doesn't stop us from praying and hungering and asking and asking and asking and asking. God, bring a miracle over here, please. Because sometimes he's like, you know what? I like you. You're awesome. I'm just going to today, boom, and there it happens, right? So that's what we're praying for to happen today, right? So Jesus, the revolutionary, the ultimate one. Jesus would change the whole system, the system that God set up with the Israelites and the Old Testament, is for how they are to relate to God, talk to Him, how they are to sacrifice, a sacrificial system. He changed it all. He fulfilled the old covenant and then He created a new covenant. It's amazing, right? Those words might not mean much to you, but basically the system was changed because of Christ, right? Jesus' death and resurrection changed the system. He would begin a kingdom that would never end. He would create a pathway so that you and I can walk and know God every day. He created the the, the curtain in the temple separating the presence of God from the Holy of Holies, from the next next level, from the outer court. The, 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 The curtain was torn in two. You and I can have relationship with God straight, straight. Like no barriers, no intermediary. You don't have to ask the priest what that means to pray to you for God. We are a king. I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, all right. All right. 
And I love this quote from N.T. Wright from a, a book he wrote called The Day the Revolution Began. And it says, the cross was the moment when something happened as a result of which the world became a different place. Inaugurating God's future plan, the revolution began then and there. So let's talk about the revolution that Jesus began. The first thing we'll talk about today is that the cross brought life and freedom. The cross brought life and freedom. Revolutionary grace. Jesus brought this life and this freedom and he made it available to us. Right. I'm going to read from Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 to 15. And it says, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, that's funky, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness. That means you owed God which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. How good is it just to read scripture slowly and just pause, you know, whoa, pause. Whoa, that's awesome. I love this. When you were dead in your sins, sin kills everything. Sin is fun for a little while and then it gets its hooks in you and then it starts to kill you. The Bible says sin is fun for a time, right? But sin destroys everything. It kills everything. It will kill your soul. It will maim your spirit. And it will wreck your relationships and your finances. It will wreck everything. That's why the devil loves sin so much. Because he hasn't got to do any work. He's like, you're stuffing up your own lives. Get on yours. But when we come to Christ, we realize that sin is the thing that separates us from Him. The devil comes to destroy, to kill and destroy. And that's exactly what sin does as well. Sin destroys ministry. It destroys our security. When you are dead in your sins, it's always how sin works. So the cross is the moment of, of victory over sin, over death. And not just the resurrection either, because right at the, at the end of this verse here in verse 15, it says, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. It wasn't just the resurrection that was Jesus' point of victory, it was the cross. This is where he disarmed the devil. This is where he removed the devil's power to do anything to you and I that can kill us, destroy us, condemn us. The ability, hear me on this one, the ability for you and I to win 
in every area that the devil comes against us was secured at the cross. Because Jesus won. Jesus had to first die to bring life. It's a funny, it's a, it's a, it's a funny way of thinking about it. He died to bring life. He died to defeat death. All right? He had to break. See, see God has a plan, right? He has a plan. In fact, the Bible says he has plans, but in this case, he had a plan, right? And he had, the first part of the plan was to break the destructive power of sin, right? Then, then let's break the finality of death, right? And in the same process, Jesus took back the authority that was given from Adam and Eve to the devil. Let's unpack that a minute, right? Let's map this out. So Jesus was really clear when he came that he says, uh, I'm on a mission right here, right now. I'm on a mission. And his mission was to, uh, for the kingdom of heaven to rule in earth, yeah. on planet earth. Yeah. Okay. So at the beginning of time, something took place, the fall of Adam and Eve, right? I'm just really quickly mapping this out for you, right? Stay with me. Stay with me. So Adam and Eve sinned, and not only did they introduce sin into the world, they gave over their authority to have dominion to the devil. Okay, so when Jesus dies on the cross and is raised from the dead, he had taken back that authority. That's why in Matthew 28, verse 19, it says, Jesus says to his disciples, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Right? Because he just got it back. What Adam and Eve lost, Jesus restored. Okay? Through the cross, Jesus secured our freedom. And it was all, it wasn't because, you know, we did so much and, you know, uh, we earned our freedom. We earned our, our, our position at the table with God. None of us did anything. No one else in that had done anything. We hadn't earned it ourselves. It was all an act of God's grace. Everything was grace. Grace, 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 grace. Yep. So Jesus did this, not just for you, but to inaugurate a kingdom. If you're writing notes, this is point number two. The cross brought the kingdom. And God created a revolutionary people. See, the, um, the purpose of the cross was to bring a new connection from heaven to earth. Right? To bring salvation to man and ultimately to raise up a people. That's, that's, you're and I are part of that people. And, but sin and death had to be dealt with first. First port of call was to defeat sin and defeat death. To provide you and I with access to the Father, with access to God. But sin and death had to be dealt with first. Because God wasn't just creating you with the ability to be saved. He was creating a nation. He was creating a people. He was inaugurating a kingdom, right? And so the result is that we 
as individuals get to be a part of this kingdom, we get to have a new identity and we get to walk around as new creations. We get to have relationship with God. We get all the benefits of being a part of this kingdom, right? Uh, in, a, in a pure, in, like later on, we're going to be praying for miracles, which is a demonstration of the kingdom because the kingdom is where God has authority, right? Yeah. I'm just trying to work out how much to say and how much to, because when Jesus, I'm just going to go for it. Right. When, when Jesus talks about the kingdom, right, the word that is used there is basileia. And that means the, the realm, the authority of the king, right? So when Jesus says, seek me first, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. What he's saying is the first thing that you need to be seeking is God's authority and reign and rule in your heart, in your life. And then all these other things will be added unto you. But we are, we are too busy pursuing all the other things and then, and then going, God, yeah, 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 if you could just jump on board with all my other things, that'd be great. And God goes, hang on a minute, because that's not how it works. I will supply all the other things if you seek my reign and my rule and my authority first and foremost in your heart, in your life, in your marriage, in your finances, in your entire world. All right? My legs can't get any wider. That's it. That's, that's, that's about it. All right? But the hardest thing is for us to begin taking the me-ism out of it. Because every time I read the Bible, it's all about me, me, me. No, it isn't. It's not all about you. It's about us. God is building a people. He doesn't just come for one person. He comes for everybody. Jesus paid for the sins of the world. He didn't just pay for your sin and your sin. He paid for everybody's sin so that all could come to a knowledge of the truth. Right? This is fun. I'm loving this. All right? So the cross wasn't just there to save me. It was there to build a kingdom. It was there to establish a people, a royal priesthood, a nation, like a, a, a people who would all subscribe to the same uh, values and principles and worship God, and they would infiltrate the world with good news. That was the purpose of God all along. And you and I are a part of that purpose because we're in the kingdom. It's so good, but it's hard for us in our Facebook, Instagram, everything's all about me. You know, I've got to get the right superannuation. I've got to have the right makeup. I don't wear makeup. Uh, you know, I'm talking you know, uh, from the woman's perspective just for a minute um, to really try and connect with the ladies. Um, you know, it's all about me, me, me. But God says, yeah, I love you, but I died for everyone, not just you. Back to N.T. Wright in this book, The Day the Revolution Began. He says, the revolution of the cross sets us free to be the royal priesthood. And the only thing stopping us is our lack of vision our la and our failure to realize that this is why the Messiah died in the first place. 
thank you, brother. All right? Because the kingdom, we, now I'm saying that because we are a tiny fraction of the kingdom of God in the world. Okay? We are a part of a church and we're a part of a movement that's part of the kingdom. Right? So we're just a tiny little fraction of this enormous kingdom that is happening around the world. But we, this kingdom, we are the people who don't bow down to the gods of the earth. Right? We are the ones who don't look and sound like everybody else. Because we don't subscribe to the same values. We don't have the same loves. We don't have this, even the same interests. I love movies, but they serve a purpose. They don't rule me. Right? We are the people who, who carry the kingdom and advance it together with purpose, with His power. We are the people who look for opportunities to work with God. How can I release the kingdom of heaven right now? You know, that's, that's the question that should be in your back of your mind, rolling around when you're at home with the kids, when you're stuck at work until 5 flipping p.m., you know, when you're doing your day-to-day normal, it should be, God, how can we release the kingdom of heaven right now? That's the question. We are the people who gather others to be a part of the family, this revolutionary family. We are the ones who believe. We are the ones who believe. We believe. That's, we're believers if you don't believe, you, that's, that's part of it. We're believers, right? We are the ones who believe and who release heaven on earth. And, and we don't walk to the beat of the drum of the world. You know, the drum, is, the drum just keeps sounding. It just keeps going. And, and sometimes it's louder than, than the beat that you're meant to walk to. That you're meant to, walk to. You know, because it's everywhere. It's in your face. The, the beat of the drum of the world is always just relentlessly hounding you to just start to step according to its, its, its beat. But you and I, we don't, we, don't, we don't submit to the beat of the world. There's a different beat that you and I submit to, that you and I just pulsate with, that you and I walk to, and it's the heartbeat of the Father. You and I. That's why when the world is in your face, you've got to get away. You've got to get away so that the beat of the Father, the heartbeat, the love, the, the mission, the, the heart of the Father is, the, is your driving force. Because it's also not just about us. It's about, sorry, about me. It's about all of us. That's, that's, that's why you've you, you got to be at spirit and truth. It's free. We're putting on a conference for you and it's free. And because to learn and, and move with God, which is the point, by the way, that's the point. 
The point is that you would be so secure in Christ that together we would advance the kingdom and release heaven on earth. But that's really easy to say from here. It's really hard to operate on Monday when you're battling the children to get out the door. Come on, everybody. Let's just move. Don't worry about your lunch. Just leave it there. Let's move out the door. You know, it is, it's, it's a tough gig sometimes. And so you go, how the heck am I going to release the kingdom of heaven? It sounds so easy, Pastor D, when you're preaching from the stage, but when I get into real life mode, it's a little harder. Hope you realize that. I do, because I live real life as well. But that's why we've got to have these, these intensives, this training where we go, right, and we get a revelation and an encounter and we realize what's on offer. And then we, we, we get the heartbeat of the Father beating in us stronger and stronger. And we're like, okay, now, right, I'm starting to get it. I'm starting to get how it works. All right, I'm finishing up. Number three, the resurrection brought power and authority. This revolutionary power. The resurrection brought power and authority. So we've talked a little bit about the authority level, but I just want to read from Ephesians uh, chapter 1, verse 18 to 20. And this is what it says. I'm in Ephesians 1, 18 to 20 from the NIV. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and listen to this, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Paul in the book of Ephesians is always talking about how how you can know Him, know His hope, know His, His power, know His love, but in, in such a far greater way than just knowing it in your head. Paul in Ephesians seems to always be going, hang on a minute, it's not just about you getting it here, it's about you knowing it in your experience. It's about you walking in it. It's about it being this daily, normal life where you can not just have an understand. I'm losing my voice. I probably need this. Not just have an understanding of His love for you, but you're walking around with an experience of His love for you. Where knowing his, his love, you've got a history of encounter, a history of knowing him. I, I wouldn't be saved if I hadn't encountered his love. If someone just said, hey, this is, this is logical, it's logical for you to come to Christ, it's logical for you because this is what happens. I, I, I wouldn't be here. But I've got a history 
of encountering Christ over the years, of encountering His love, of encountering His power, of encountering truth, of, of, of applying truth with the Holy Spirit and finding freedom and breakthrough, of encountering His hope, of encountering His strength when I've got none. Paul is talking about this power can be known by experience. Not just in principle. This is where I don't want to have to convince you of this, right? Because it's, it's far too easy for, for us to get saved and know God, but still live completely powerlessly. And, and this power, it needs to be activated. And there's a key here in this verse. And His incomparably great power for us who believe. For us, for you, and for us who believe. Faith activates His power. It's just how it works. It's just how it... And Paul goes on and he says, that power, and this is what you brought out this morning, Pastor Janet, that power is the same as the mighty strength He exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. It's the same power. So I'm going to lose my voice a bit more here because there's nothing that you can face in this life that you will not have power and authority over through Christ. Nothing. No physical condition no situation, nothing, that if you believe and trust Him, that you don't have authority over, that, you don't, that you're not able to stand up inside of that situation with authority, with wisdom. Now you... Sometimes we feel that our faith is broken because despite moving to new levels of faith or prayer or petition, nothing happens. And, and I, I can't answer those questions for you. Because we are in a, in a, in a, in a realm right now of the now but the not yet. We are in a realm right now where God has released His kingdom, but it hasn't come in full yet. So some people that we know have cancer and some people that we know have cancer and they've died. Not without the, the, the desperate, faith-filled prayers of the saints. But there's this tricky 
thing that we're in right now where we have got to keep praying. We have got to keep going for it because the Word of God is true, right? And so I've got to filter my experience through this. I don't filter this through my experience. I don't say, well, it didn't happen, therefore this is not right. No, no, no. I say, this is truth. And therefore, I've got to work out how to align my faith. I've got to work out how these tools like, like healing actually work. Like, what are you declaring in your world? What are the words that are coming out of your mouth? Because that's what's setting up your future, right? If you've got truth coming out of your mouth all the time, then you're just stepping into the promises of God one by one. There's, there's both a power and authority that is given to us to win in the battles that we face. I'm sorry that there's no easy formula. And I'm sorry that there's no absolute guarantee. But there is a God who loves you and has called you according to His purpose. Right? And there is, He is working everything out for good. Right? You, you might not be able to see it right now. You might be walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but don't stop, right? Don't, don't camp there. But the truth is that Jesus saves and Jesus heals and there is power available and there is authority available today for you and I, right? That's the truth. So God, we're going to stand on Your truth right now. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.